Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. It is Thursday, January 2nd, 8 14. No, yeah, 8 14 a.m. Uh, 2022, of course. So, um, today's probably going to be a, a back and forth or a bunch of different things. Um, it's been, it's been a while since I did a morning podcast, I think. Did I do that in Cairo? I don't know. I don't remember what time it was. But uh, it feels like it's been a while. But let's see if I can finish before 9 o'clock. Got things to do. So a little update first um, on the work situation. So um, it wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought, it seems. I mean, it, it was still not great, you know. And it's still, I still feel like a lot of it's my fault, but... Um, talk with a lot of the team, you know, afterwards, and pretty much everybody said, you know, it's kind of a, a mix of different things, and, you know, it's my own first kind of major project working with a client like this, and a thing like this, and even though, um, and what I was able to do, you know, it's pretty good, seeing as a lot of this is not just, you know, designing an XR experience, but almost like a movie director type of thing so (laughs) um but we are creating a good process from this i i created a uh process document documenting you know all the various things that we should be doing that i should be doing um so it it will serve as a good you know point by point you know, checkbox or whatever. Um, and a good way to really, really see what we should be, what we should be uh, doing there. There we go. A little worm was on the sidewalk. Um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll be able to learn a lot from this. I'll be able to learn a lot from this. <laughs> and um, I'm glad the team doesn't hate me. <laughs> Uh, but I find it very interesting and in that my mind always goes to this dark place, you know, when I make mistakes or any mistake. Um, and I've noticed this even with small things. Like if I don't see a, a response from somebody to a perceived slight I did then I'm gonna assume that they hate me (laughs) I'm gonna assume that you know uh, I'm gonna assume the worst and that you know I'm a terrible person this that and the other and just kind of go on a little spiral and I try to you know kind of I don't know what's the word for it. I want to say protect myself from it, but kind of not spiral so much by adopting the mentality that, you know, nothing really matters. (laughs) But at the same time, or because of that, you know, I can do what I need to do to learn. Like, everything is a learning opportunity. Nothing matters. Everything is a learning opportunity. Nothing matters. 
so you know this is this is just an experience right this is an experience to have and I could grow from here I can I can uh, take this as a as a lesson or this that and the other right and that usually helps me to put things into perspective to help see that even if I feel like I made a mistake whether or not the other person thinks so as well um, that's something for me to do better right for me to um, change or just learn from just grow from you know and I do think it has helped me a lot but I think it will help me even more if I just kind of cut a lot of the, the, the back chatter, the, the mind chatter, in which, in which has me, you know, kind of focus too much on the negatives and assume, you know, the, the worst. You know, they say, you know, expect uh, the worst so you don't have to be disappointed or whatever whatever that little adage goes but I do find that is very limiting because when you do expect the worst then you tend to kind of react um, in a non opportunistic way as in like at least for me when I expect the worst, I'm not sure if it's the same for others. Let me just speak to myself. <laughs> for me, when I expect the worst, I tend to be like, oh, even if I see an opportunity, I won't take it. Because I'm like, oh, I don't deserve that. You know, I don't, I don't really, I didn't earn that. Or I just don't feel good, <laughs> you know, taking that opportunity. And so, um, you know, assuming the worst can lead can lead me to miss out on opportunities that might otherwise be great, you know, things for me to do. And some examples of this are can be really small. Like if I feel like, you know, if I feel like I, you know, I don't know, didn't say good morning to somebody in, in a good way <laughs> or whatever. If somebody later asked me, hey, do you want me to grab you something to eat I'm just like no nah, no nah, it's okay you know <laughs> even though I might be really hungry and I forgot my lunch or something like that I just I just won't um and sometimes I don't even need a reason to to decline <laughs> um oh very often because I I always assume that I don't deserve you know somebody spending money on me or whatever so uh it's very often that I have a default mindset of um, I do not deserve or <laughs> I can't have this or, or you know um, don't be a bother type of thing you know don't be a burden type of thing and I'm not sure well I'm, I was going to say I'm not sure where that comes from but I, I, I do know where that comes from <laughs> and it's been a constant struggle at least in recent years to um, to kind of square that Square that issue and and you know recognize that yeah I, to you know love myself and all that good stuff you know 
It's even awkward for me to say that. Love myself. Just, oh, I don't know why. I just get the willies. <laughs> the willies. Um, but that's something I'm really working on. But it, it really hits, you know, when I do make a big mistake. And I just feel absolutely horrible. So I go from a default state of, you know, I do not deserve. I'm not, I'm not good enough to I'm a fucking terrible person. I need to die or something <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, that's something I've realized about myself and I'm still, still working on that. Um, but that also has helped me. (laughs) This is why another reason why it's hard for me to, to really deal with it because I feel like it's, it's helped me to stay humble at all times. Like no matter how good I am or, or what I've accomplished, there's always going to be people that's that's better, you know. There's always going to be, you know, um, people I can learn from. You know, that's how I see, like, there's better people out there. Therefore, there's more stuff for me to learn. You know, I never get in my head that I'm at the top and there's no one better than me. Like, no. Like, even if there's somebody who's not doing what I'm doing, I could learn from them, right? So, I feel like it's, it's helped me in that way. Uh... But maybe, you know, maybe I can separate these. Maybe I should. I probably should separate these two things so that I don't have to see humility in the same vein or or connected to um, low self-esteem, <laughs> All right, or self-hate. And um, that makes sense to me, but it's like, I don't know. It's just hard for me to 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 make that um, happen in my mind. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Something for me to think about some more. But anyways, you know, work is going well. Um, the team is super nice. And we're growing to get more projects and everything like that. And um, I'm wondering if we're going to be one of those fast-growing companies and all this other stuff. But I don't think so. And that's good because I feel like a lot of those super fast-growing companies that go from like 10 people to 100 people in a year are like bound to fail. Or at least, you know, quickly lose their culture right lose the what made the company good or at least you know (laughs) however however good a company can be under capitalism right but um you know everybody on the team is are are really nice people and everything like that and um super open-minded Like, I'm, I'm constantly saying little bits about, oh, yeah, I'm going to start an anarchist commune. <laughs> and nobody's kicked me out yet, so, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I do like that we, like, the people on the team very much want to focus on creating products that really help people and, you know, um, aren't violent or things like that or... You know, aren't snake snake oil stuff. Like we're always talking about how there's so much, 
you know, crap with, with people being like, oh, I'm creating the metaverse. And I really like that this team is like, no. <laughs> you know, that's that's terrible. But yeah, there's 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 a lot of lots like about the team. But of course, you know, all this just comes back to me in my mind about like I don't know how I just phrased that sentence, but <laughs> all of this I feel comes back to the central thing I'm always coming back to these days is how much better this could be if the overall environment was was better, right? Was anarchic, was not capitalistic and things like that, not hierarchical. Because another thing I was worried about, you know, when I did make that mistake is, oh, I'm going to be fired. And then, and then what? And I'm stuck. I'm back at square one, you know, or maybe even worse, like, because I won't be able to pay off the things I need to pay off and all this other stuff. And that's really concerning to me. Because even now, like, I still live with my parents. Um, and all my siblings finally, you know, are have been able to get jobs and everything like that. So if I do, you know, lose my job, it won't be the end. Like, my family can still be able to, you know, uh, mud along. But that's super concerning, right? And that's what's really unfortunate about the, the, the times we live. And... <laughs> It's, it's even more unfortunate because I know it's probably even worse for people who do live on their own, right? Um, like all the middle class folks, right? It's like if you have your own home, whether it's renting or owning, your job is literally your lifeline, right? So if you lose your job, that's your entire life. So... When a company's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, we're gonna lay off these people or whatever," right? You you should be thinking it not just about, "Oh man, that company did a massive layoff. What's going on with their stocks or whatever? What's going on with their company?" No, like think about the people. The fact that these people are now probably going to be battling homelessness, <laughs> right? And granted, you know, a lot of these people may have had high salaries in the six figures or something like that, so they probably have savings. Probably, but maybe not. But most likely not. Depends on like what part of the income they were on. As that stat always, you know, keeps getting worse. Apparently, like anywhere from fifty to eighty percent of Americans don't have five hundred dollars stored up, right? And it's easy to see why because there's so much fucking shit you got to pay for. You know, your rent, your gas, your your um groceries, your bills. You know, any any loans you have, any debt you have, which is probably, you have to have debt, like I mentioned before. Um, getting credit card, that they want you to have debt in order for you to participate in the market, right? In order for you to buy a car or a home. And again, I say buy, but it could be rent or buy, not just, you know, straight buying. In order for you to purchase any of these big ticket items that you kind of base yes you need in order to you know participate in society you have to be in debt right but they call it credit they call it you know having credit history or credit lines but it just means you're in debt <laughs> and so you have to be there you have to be in debt in order for you to participate and so you will have debt like <laughs> so any of these people that get fired you know they have to worry about that 
and now they have to con- figure out what they're going to pay for first or what, what they're going to prioritize you know their house <laughs> their their rent on their house or their mortgage or whatever or their car note or their gas or their food or their electricity or their water or their freaking um debt and if you don't pay your debt guess what it's going to hit with the apr that massive you know 20 percent apr these credit cards offer so if you don't pay your debt you know you instead elect to pay your food or your house or whatever then you're going to be even more debt (laughs) and it gets you further and further down you know the rabbit hole and all this connects to you know what i've been learning about you know the, uh, the the far right and the, the manosphere and all this other stuff. I didn't finish it, but FD has a really great video about the manosphere. For those that don't know, that's kind of like the um, the sphere of like the content that is often presented or often consumed by you know men, um, particularly usually straight white men, and. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of a lot out there, you know, for black men too. It's very, very toxic. <laughs> but either way, like this is the this is the feel fear of goodness, fear sphere of like um, edge lords and things like that. You know, those little folks that go on uh, 4chan or <laughs> I think that 4chan is funny or you know participate in all these alt right you know ideologies and all this other stuff. Or just trolling on Twitter or YouTube, whatever, right? A lot of these people are exactly in this, you know, space, right? Where they want to believe in the American dream and all this other stuff, but they too are suffering. Um, cause maybe they don't come from a, a a good home. Maybe you know they were grow, grew up poor, this, that, and the other. But they want to believe so hard that they, you know. When you hear stories about Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, you know, coming from the bottom, now they're here. They're like, yeah, see, that's proof that I can do it. And so if anybody that, you know, tries to say anything about them, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or any of these capitalistic um, idols, they get really, really mad. (laughs) They get really, you know, offended, (laughs) if I may say so. They get really defensive and you see them, you know, all over social media and all this other stuff. Like, oh, obviously, he's the he's proof that you can do it. You know, if you can do this, then you can do it too. Blah, 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 right? And it's no wonder why. Because the alternative is very scary for people, right? The alternative is like, if what they did is, is based on either luck or circumstance, right? Or their environment, and I have no control over that. Then that means I'm stuck. That means there's absolutely nothing I can do to fix my situation, to, you know, get out of this poverty or whatever, or to get the life that I want to get. And that's unacceptable for a lot of people, right? To think. So it's really, really unfortunate that people so readily, you know, buy into these ideas. But unfortunately, it does make sense. And that's the thing that really concerns me as well. You know. Yet another reason why I would like to do this podcast. Is I hope to one day reach people like that. And show them that 
this is not the only way. That's, that's not the only way. Not only is that not the only way, but that's not even a good way. Like, it's not going to bring you anywhere. You're just going to live your entire life um, capping for these capitalists and never actually get anywhere. Right? You're going to feel terrible about yourself. Especially as you get older. Or you get so sucked up into this, you know, sphere that you aren't you don't even become self-aware enough to realize that you've aged into a curmudgeon into you know and i say that in the the, the worst way possible not in like a little kindly oh yeah he's a curmudgeon no i mean like a really really bitter old man <laughs> who's still poor still impoverished still struggling still don't really know what's going on but you still hate the world Right, your entire life you become misanthropic. You hate humanity, you hate society and all this other stuff. When in reality is not society as it needs to be or as it should be or as it can be, but as these capitalists that you capped for created it. As the system designed for these capitalists created it. It just really bothers me. It just really, you know, unfortunate that all this energy that goes into these people who would up and, you know, uh, do these terrible things in the name of, oh, society's terrible or humanity's terrible. Don't target that towards the people actually accountable, towards the people actually, you know, in charge, towards the people actually responsible for these actions. Instead, they want to blame, you know, the people at the bottom. They want to blame the poor folks they want to blame the black folks they want to blame the trans folks they want to blame you know the people who are also uh victims and it's really 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 fucking terrible but um i don't know these are the sorts of thoughts that go through my mind figuring out you know what can be done I don't really have an answer right now besides just doing what I am doing and <laughs> trying to be better at it and grow more. But in other news, more updates, you know, trying to be more involved in the community, these community building um, initiatives that go on, go on in my city. So uh, my partner is actually involved and her friend is um, involved with one of these community or really several of these community groups so I'm gonna go to a meeting tomorrow and see what's up you know hopefully there I'll uh I won't be too scared to speak up about my own ideas and, and thoughts for things I think we can do that's another problem I've been dealing with is that <laughs> I have so many ideas and thoughts but when I'm in front of other people <laughs> It's really difficult for me to voice these thoughts, you know. Sometimes my mind is literally blank, and like I'm trying to think about what I want to say in a specific situation, and I feel like nothing applies, or I have no ideas. All of a sudden, it just deserts me. Or I might do have some ideas, something to say, but then I feel like, oh, you know, nobody want to, nobody wants to hear from me, or. You know, I can I can wait till later or just just maybe these aren't good ideas either way. Just a lot of 
a lot of, you know, lack of confidence and things like that. Still trying to uh, work through that. But I'll try my best. And I'll remind my partner as well to also help me <laughs> be accountable because she is always ready to um, put me in the spotlight. So I <laughs> really appreciate that. So I'll, I'll uh, have her have her as accountability partner um some other thoughts real quick that I wanted to share let me see what time it is have a little bit more time but yeah um I've also been listening to more Lex Friedman again had more time as I've been driving to and from work it's about a 40 40 to 50 minute really 50 to an hour <laughs> minute drive and um so I've been able to catch up on some Lex Friedman and other podcasts and there's been some some pretty interesting stuff there he interviewed um some lady from uh the Bad Vegan restaurant I'm not sure if people know about that but apparently that was a big thing like she um had this successful restaurant in New York then um she disappeared with like a, a lot of the fun like the the money they had or people implied that she did but really seemed like she was still paying for stuff or the money was still going towards the restaurant but then people you know the money kind of dried up people weren't getting paid but she was nowhere to be found turns out she was uh with some dude and, um, I don't know, it's very weird because, like, throughout the podcast, I didn't really explain the whole situation, but you kind of got an idea for it. But apparently there was a whole Netflix documentary made, made on this without much of her, <laughs> you know, direct saying. But um, she was saying that she's, she was um, basically being manipulated by this uh, sociopathic dude um, she calls Mr. Fox. Which is a kind of a weird name there. It kind of feels <laughs> not like scary or anything like that. It's like, oh, Mr. Fox kind of sounds cute in a way. But she was saying she was being, you know, manipulated by this dude. It's almost like a cult-like situation. Um, where he was able to kind of bring her into his, you know... Um, sphere of influence or whatever um, he ended up getting his whole her whole you know phone and computer access and all this other stuff so she had no contact with you know the outside world um, and it was it was a lot so she ended up going uh, like they eventually caught her and him she ended up going to jail for, uh, for like four months or, or Rikers, which is like a holding jail or something like that. Um, and she's, I think she's still under investigation. I don't know. But um, she pled guilty to uh, whatever they were charging her. Something about the money stuff. Um, but they're still, you know, investigating the, the dude that had her. 
and uh, she was saying how it was very crazy because like even in the comments like a lot of people were like blaming her like oh she doesn't take any accountability and all this other stuff um but it was very interesting to me because like this this very much goes into like what you hear about what's going on with cults and not even just cults but like just cults of personality right where people follow some person and really get tied into it to the point where they lose a lot of like they don't make very very good decisions and all this other stuff right and this <laughs> keeps reminding me of my own you know uh thing about free will how like free will itself is is, is a sham like it doesn't really explain how humans work because you can see this in everyday activities, right? With, like, for instance, your parents, right? Where your parents can technically, you know, control your life, even if they aren't physically abusive. They can be emotionally abusive, right? They can be emotionally manipulative and psychologically manipulative to the point where you feel the need to do whatever they say, right? Even if they aren't physically abusive. But physical abuse, of course, adds another thing to it but even with that like she mentioned and i think this is a very good takeaway too that emotional and psychological abuse can be more dangerous than physical abuse right because with physical abuse you know where the pain is you know what's going on you know and you can you know physically harm from physically heal from it and things like that right and but it's usually the psychological abuse that comes from that right it's emotional abuse that comes from that that's that's the part that sticks right that's the part that really fucks you up for decades for years if not your entire life right so it's really when i see you know stories like this i'm reminded of how useless this idea of free will is because everybody in the comments was or not everybody but a good amount of the comments under that video was like, oh, she's not taking accountability for her actions, right? Her <laughs> blah blah blah. But in reality, most people don't take accountability for their actions, or they do take accountability for actions that literally do not really matter. Like doesn't <laughs> that they have no idea was actually, you know, their complete 100% uh, quote unquote choice, right? Like we think we're making decisions. But in reality, or we think we're making free will decisions, right? We think we're making decisions in that we have full agency over why we did it, what we're doing, and all this other stuff, right? Well, in reality, most of our decisions are, I don't want to say manipulated, but like influenced very, very strongly by any number of things, right? How we were raised, you know, who's around us at the time, the, the, the context, you know, um, any number of items, right? I'm just going, I, I just listed a few very broad stroke ones, but you can literally list hundreds, if not thousands, maybe even millions, right? It could be the air. <laughs> you know, we don't actually know to what extent our environment influences our decisions, right? And I would argue that our environment influences completely our decisions. 
but because we're not aware of all um, a thousand different you know variables that play into how we make a decision then we assume that we you know um we had full agency in that decision right it could be simple things like deciding to go left or right on the road right you might think that you have full agency there but really a lot of that is up to you know the habits is up to the street design right (laughs) it's up to the car that you're in it's up to you know uh the the task in mind right all these other things um and that goes into you know even how you spend money or whether or not you're going to you know follow this 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 dude that's very um charming <laughs> but also very manipulative you know so no i don't really blame her even though i don't really know the full situation i'm going to be honest with you so ultimately I, I can't really say whatever what what happened i don't really know but at the same time i hold true that for anybody in any situation we are too stuck on this idea of accountability at least in terms of decision making right we are way too stuck on this and it doesn't help us because let's say let's say she was accountable right let's say um it was all her fault or whatever right what does that mean what do you do with that right does that mean that she chose to be manipulated by this dude does that mean she was never manipulated because a lot of like she has a whole journal and all this other stuff and um all these other like ways that you go through things or that they were talking and stuff like that you can see that manipulation right so you're saying this doesn't matter like and it's very likely that he was a sociopath we know that socio sociopathy is a real psychological you know um state of mind or, or thing or condition so you're saying that doesn't play into anything like sociopaths don't manipulate people or don't have any you know influence on people right like (laughs) it just doesn't really make sense when you look at the broader context there are a lot of things that influence our decisions to that if we don't recognize them then they're only going to be even more influential right I just think it's it's incredibly important for us to, instead of thinking about, oh, it's your fault, it's my fault, it's this, you know, whatever. You should think about, you know, what, what did you know, right? What you what were you aware of, and how can we broaden that awareness? How can we learn more about the situation? How can we learn more about what this dude did or what she did? You know, how can we learn more about why they did these things? How can we learn more about, you know, um, the the how this happens? And in, in so doing, by learning all these things, we can apply them to more situations. We can say, oh, wow, this is actually relevant to that situation over there and to that situation. All right. And so this person, even if we we don't he didn't like force her, he didn't like put a gun to her head in order to do a thing. Right, but that's not the that's not the only way people are influenced. Like your parents can force you to do things without ever touching you, without ever putting a gun to your head. Does that mean they have no influence on your decisions? No. <laughs> right, you just get to a point where you either don't care about about you know what they want you to do, 
which in itself is a a type of influence because then you make decisions based on how much you don't care about your parents, right? Which is another problem, right? So it's like, I kind of lost track there. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But like we have to think about how, how we influence ourselves or we are influenced by different things. And even ourselves, we do influence ourselves by how we think about items and how we think about the world. You know? Um, what time is it? Okay, I got about 10 minutes. Um, but yeah. That was some thoughts there. There's a couple other thoughts I had, but I didn't write them down because I was driving. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, that was a very, very interesting, um, you know, story there or, or circumstance or event. And then some other thoughts I had for, from Lex was, uh, how he, how he seems to, you know, think about the idea of love. I mentioned this before, but Lex tends to have a very dark you know, view of the world. The idea that things come from suffering. Right? That a lot of the happiness that we have or whatever um, comes from, you know, suffering. And I don't agree, right? <laughs> At least in, in terms of like how he puts it. Because I feel like very often a lot of the things that we call love are not really love like we have a very loose like people use these words very loosely right love hate and this that and the other all right people tend to use words very loosely regardless of how we actually mean to define them all right and this does get into the problem of language itself right and that a lot of language itself is very abstract and contextual However, now that we're coming to a point where we have so much language and we have definitions for things and all this other stuff, we should consider, you know, at which point do we want to um, focus on these definitions or should we change some of these definitions? So why I think this is important is because when people think about love, for instance, right, like he mentioned how there was love there between um, this lady and, and, and the dude that was manipulating her. Right. Um, I'm not sure if she outright said it because I feel like part of her what was going on in her mind like I'm not sure if this is love like or if this was like more infatuation right because with love there is there's mutual respect right <laughs> There's mutual respect. There's um, this desire to care for the other person and and to uh, do for the other person and to appreciate the other person for everything that they are and all this other stuff, right? And when people say they love other people or another person, but they're being manipulated or they're being, you know, um, abused or even that they... um, realize that they actually hate this person or whatever right 
I think what's going on there is that they were actually infatuated or that they liked this person and they liked certain aspects of this person, but they didn't actually love them, right? Because I'm not sure if you can love somebody and at the same time abuse them or manipulate them. And I, I know people will, will claim that you, you can and do it all the time, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm saying is that, no, that's not actually love. I'm saying that that's actually, you know, um, a different thing that we use the word love even though that shouldn't actually apply there and and why I think this is so important is because by using the word love when we actually mean something like infatuation right or attraction or even indoctrination right <laughs> by using the word love here instead we're opening the door we open the door for that abuse and I'm not saying it's your fault that you're abused no no what I'm saying here is that we make it easier for this sort of abuse to happen right if you if you say oh I love this person uh, but they abuse me or they're manipulative but and they have this and they have this problem right and I'm not people always have problems but there's a different thing when they I'm sorry this freaking cars is right there or this lawnmower folks <laughs> need to wrap this up anyways five minutes uh, but yeah when people say they 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 love someone let me, let me go to the back goodness man these folks who love mowing lawns ain't nothing to mow but um yeah, when, when, when you say you love someone, people say they love someone, often what they mean is that they're infatuated or, you know, they're in a state of attraction, this, that, and the other. But when you say you love someone that's actively abusing you or manipulating you or this, that, and the other, um, then it opens the door, or rather it makes it easier for you to stay with that person, for you to believe that there is no other option, that, you, that this is what love is, right? Oh, I guess this is how relationships are. Right, and you see this all the time, right? Like many of the relationships that we had in the, in the past, for instance, right? Um, what I mean by this, like the marriages, like old marriages and stuff like that, where you have this this assumption that oh, this is what the man should do, this is what the woman should do. You know, the man needs to go and provide. You know, the woman needs to go and cook or whatever, <laughs> clean. Um, this creates the context for what love should be for what love looks like regardless of whether or not love should actually that's actually love right and so maybe they do love each other right but there is a a context in which constrains or conditionalizes love to the point where it no longer is really love it's more of you know um attraction and um partnership or whatever in this environment I just think we need to have a, a more complex you know view of how we define things like love and all these many other words right but especially things like love and, and hate and relationships and stuff like that because you when you for instance on the other side of that if you say you hate somebody or hate something um, really you just dislike it or you just don't really care for it if you actively hate something, that usually means that you're obsessed about it. Like you're, it's it's 
<laughs> almost like a type of love in that you're constantly thinking about how how terrible this is um like i really hate the system <laughs> all right it's constantly uh something on my mind and how i can destroy it but i don't know i'll make another episode about this stuff and really get into the definitions i pull up the definitions that we can get into it there because i gotta i gotta end this but um yeah i just think that many many of us have an unhealthy idea an unhealthy maybe even definition but i would say an unhealthy concept unhealthy interpretation of the definition of love or the idea of love because many of us you know don't look up the definition <laughs> and i've looked it up before and there was some great you know articles and psychological things about this and which also has informed my opinions here but you can look it up yourself but there's some very great um, articles out there from you know great psychologists in this field talked about how many people uh, say they are in love but really you know they're in these other states um well actual love is like unconditional and and this that and the other right and unconditional love doesn't mean that you accept um a person for like or you ignore people's mistakes or whatever but actually that you recognize people's mistakes and that you you know want to help them get through it right you want to help them um I'm not going to say fix, but like reconvene or like, you know, make good on those mistakes. Like Not make good. I'm not using the right words here, but people assume that unconditional love means that you have to ignore people's bad mistakes or this, that, and the other. But no, it's, it's really because that's not what love is. Love is helping people grow, right? And you can't grow if you are ignoring your mistakes or if you're not, you know, um, dealing with these bad decisions or this, that, and the other, right? It's very much like I was saying back in the free will thing is like if you and in my other, you know, um, podcast episode on this. But if you are going through a field and you have a fog of war right under you so you can't actually see the ground and there are a whole bunch of holes in the ground. Right. Um, having free will is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to rock left and right, left or right or forward. Right. But that's, that decision doesn't really matter because you can step into a hole without because you don't know it's there right while self-awareness and um is, is becoming more aware of the environment is moving this fog of war so that you can actually make informed decisions so you can realize that okay if i step here i'm going to step into that hole right you can have free will all day or agency all day or whatever but if you don't actually see the environment that you're walking in if you don't recognize all the influences that are playing into your decisions or to your context to your environment then you're you're, you're going to make all these um, mistakes and decisions and bad decisions and things like that. So love is being able to recognize for other per for another person or even for yourself, like self-love, right? That these are, this is the environment that you're in. And here's how you can get into a better space, right? Here's how you can become better. Um, and all the while you're, you know, appreciating and respecting people for where they are in that journey and helping them to progress helping them to become better but yeah i don't know i'm still thinking about it figuring out how to communicate this stuff um but that's it for me for now as always thanks for listening thanks for watching let me know what you learned and what you think about this stuff i will always welcome some conversations and um yeah have a great one see you bye bye